Welcome back to the Resistance Broadcast. I'm John. Thank you for joining us on this Monday, September 26th. That means it's officially fall, uh, which means we are due for a State of Star Wars episode, Fall Edition. Uh, but that is not today. Today, we are actually going to be talking about uh, our thoughts on the latest Star Wars news. But also, we're pulling in one of our typical Thursday segments because as of now, the Thursday sh uh, shows are... Uh, on a little bit of a hiatus because we're doing TRB live every Wednesday night uh, to talk about that day's particular episode of Andor. So we're doing that through, you know, November. I believe it goes right up until Thanksgiving, um, Andor. Like so that, yeah. it's pretty crazy that we're going to be doing that. But also just so everybody knows, just like with all of our Thursday episodes, the, the TRB live episodes about Andor will hit all of your podcast feeds on Thursday morning as well. So we are always here to take care of you. And doing that with me, James and Lacey. So how are you guys doing? We uh, we had a great show last week on TRB Live. And, yes. you know, I know sometimes it, we feel like, oh, is it going to be rusty because it's been a few months? But it didn't really feel that way. It felt pretty, pretty good. And I had a great time. And I know everyone in the chat seemed too. And uh, how do you guys feel to get back into the swing of things doing the live shows? One thing I could say about the the live episode, maybe why it was easy to get back into the swing of things, is because we got three episodes to start with, so there was no downtime possible. Like we were always like, we need to talk about the next thing, and the next thing, and the next thing, and the next thing. So there was never any point where we felt like we were awkwardly stretching. Um, it was more mm -hmm. like, I wish we could talk more about this. I'm gonna say this one thing, and then we'll we have to move on. You know, it was a good uh, yeah. flow and pacing. Yeah, yeah, I just love interacting with people in the chat. I think that's my favorite part about doing the live show because it's like someone's there listening because you put these podcasts out and you're like, who's listening? <laughs> so it's nice to see them like actually interacting with us and uh, giving us some insight of what their experience and their thoughts are. Um, that's my favorite part. Yeah, it's it's good to be doing those and um, knowing that we have a good stretch ahead of us do them is, is pretty cool and uh you know it seems like at least what's been going on in the news that we're going to talk about in a minute that both critics and fans seem to be digging this show so um i don't know that we have anything else to throw at you so why don't we kick off this show here with our first segment of the day james resistance report baby it's the resistance all right, guys. Um, Resistance Report this week is going to kick off with a little bit of Andor news. And I don't really know if this is so much news as it is kind of an observation. But with Andor having just released, we wanted to take a look at how people were generally feeling about the show. And so the Rotten Tomatoes scores are in. Now, as of recording, the episode um, you know, has come out, so we're kind of looking at that. But when the article was originally written, it was the early articles, it was like, hey, this is news because the reviews, the people reviewing it who have seen it are starting to rate. And we were kind of getting a little bit of a vibe of what we might see from the show. And now the normal, like the average person has seen the show and they're able to, to fill in with that. But to take a look at the critics score, um, it's currently sitting at 89% and the audience score sitting at 79%, both being, um, you know, above rotten. Like that's not that that's a fairly average score uh, for theirs with the uh, critics rating being a little bit higher. 
Um, and just to add to the context too, um, the, these particular scores, uh, are not to compare, but like they are, uh, better in both regards, um, over Obi-Wan and the book of Boba Fett, but it is not as good as Mandalorian, which is sitting at 93 and 92% audience rating. And, um, from a little bit of my own personal perspective on that, it seems like that is a big high expectations, low expectations sort of thing. I think people went into Boba Fett and Obi-Wan with high expectations and were underwhelmed. And I think that as Andor, they're like, I don't know who this guy is, but I'll watch it. And and I think it's a little bit more like, oh, yeah, that was all right. You know, that was good. I like Rogue One, you know, kind of thing. So maybe a little bit of lowered expectations going into Andor ultimately kind of raises the bar a little bit. But um, let's start with you, Lacey. What what are your thoughts on the uh, tomato meter for Andor? It's not surprising to me. I mean, from the moment we heard news trickling in from press and media that went to screenings or the premiere, we heard that people loved it. We got the same words, you know, gritty, slow burn, different than any other Star Wars we've seen. Um, So we knew it was going to be a positive score on their end. I'm happy to see that mostly fans are enjoying the series as well. Um, I understand the, the viewpoint you just had, James. I don't know if I agree completely. I think that mm-hmm. maybe Andor has more of a different vibe and that's why people ha- like it because it is different. Whereas Mandalorian has this kind of whimsical Star Wars feel to it. And then you're going into mm-hmm. Book of Boba Fett and Obi-Wan with characters that have that oh. kind of legacy that go with them. So I agree with you on the sense of high expectation, low expectation. Like people didn't know what to, we didn't know what to expect from Mandalorian. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't include Mandalorian in my thought, though. No, that's fine. Um, yeah. I it, it's tough, you know. I hate to be that person that compares Andor to other shows and movies, just because it's like everything is its own thing. It has its own story, own characters, own feel, own look, director, production, etc., writing. Um, I think if you're looking, comparing Andor to The Mandalorian, it's more of like, this is a completely different feel. Like I said, like a completely different, like, I don't know, it, it's more crime thriller adult, I would say. Like, I'm not going to be watching this. It's with a different my... genre. Right. I'm not going to be watching this show with my child anytime soon. I'll say that. <laughs> Whereas Mandalorian, I could probably get away with showing her that probably earlier sooner sooner rather than later because of Grogu and she already likes Grogu and plays with the toy at home so it's just different but um I'm digging it so far and I'm so glad that people are too um I'm hoping that continues as we continue on through the the series because we still have a long stretch of episodes left mm-hmm. John is there anything that sticks out to you about the Rotten Tomato score um, maybe in comparison to other shows, but maybe not. I I expected the critic score to be very high because critics are usually a little harsh on Star Wars and don't treat it as you know high serious, art. yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And you know George Lucas was always a bit of an outsider, and he wasn't uh, you know a fan of being part of guilds and that sort of thing, and that doesn't usually lend itself to a lot of praise from award shows or or critics. Um, but this has that, not on purpose, but it has that sort of pretentious artistic air to it 
um, and the way they're promoting it and talking about it and talking about how it's adult and serious and um, all that stuff uh, lends itself to that. So I expected the critic score to be high. The fan score, I wasn't sure because of the two uh, bowls. The one bowl is the diehard fans who make you know Rogue One trend every other day on the internet <laughs> and who who love that movie. I got a dollar for run- every time someone tweeted Rogue One is trending. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> so so th- those are the people that will run through walls for this series. So I expected high praise from them, but the general audiences um, I wasn't sure about. But at the same time, I don't know that a general audience member, like say my brother or somebody you know at the you you see at the deli or whatever uh is going to be like i gotta go on this website and rate this show that i just saw because it was on disney plus so i think because of that the first bowl gets more of the attention in terms of who's going to be writing reviews from a fan perspective so i'm not surprised that it's around that you know 80 mark um and it's you know fresh across the board also metacritic had it at i believe 74 75 which is also generally favorable so uh, it's just but but overall it's good to see um star wars uh a new star wars product being liked by fans i think to to add to what lacy was saying about like the you know i don't know if this was the angle you were talking about lacy but you know that that preciousness of those legacy characters you know the ones that the those guys who were 10 when like empire strikes back came out and they had the obi-wan figure they had a boba fett figure and these became so precious to them you know the ruining of my childhood stuff you don't get that with new characters so you can't you know you can't ruin casting andor because he's only existed for five years yeah there's so, this ownership of those other characters yeah, yeah so so that is like mando i mean yeah luke's in there ahsoka's in there and stuff like that I believe like, I feel like Mando and Andor are sort of free of that and I think that's why the that side of fandom who who tends to um be old school and and not like a lot of the new stuff uh seem to at least accept those more than the Obi-Wan or Boba Fett stuff. I so, think there's also And I think that that's side... what I'm saying by the way is like just the high expectations yeah. of going into Obi-Wan and Boba Fett like the legacy of those characters why yeah, I wasn't including Mandalorian. Plus legacy, yeah. 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 And like the Mandalorian one is just kind of interesting because like, yes, it was high expectations because it was the first Disney show and all this, but it was also like, I don't know what a Mandalorian is. You know, there was a lot that went into that. And I think yeah. whatever, wherever you were at that, that reveal of baby Yoda, I think just took everybody by surprise in the sense of like it, ra- it whether you were high or low, it, raised it was better than what you thought and so then everybody went into that show positively yeah Yeah. i think there's also a piece here with the mandalorian where it it evened the playing field so to speak like everybody was at the same level of knowledge with the mandalorian no one came into that being like i know every single journey from legends that the mandalorian went on and i did this and i know this every single star wars fan was new and didn't need any preconceived notions or ownership or anything because everybody got knocked down to oh this is completely new and i think the mandalorian came with a lot of new fans that only like star wars for the mandalorian and didn't get into anything else because they felt like one there's so much that they'd have to know to get into the other star wars stuff and two maybe they did get in because of grogu um which 
going off of this kind of story of how well it's being received, I was very surprised at big trades running articles about how The Mandalorian isn't as serious as this other series or like comparing it in a negative light compared to Andor. Um, and I just hope that casual fans aren't looking that being like, oh, well, I must not be a good fan if I don't see a Grogu in this show. Star Wars finally blank. It's like, shut up. Yeah, it's just, like, it's too much. I think everybody, yeah. this falls back into, everybody has their own Star Wars experience. And that's what makes Star Wars so great and the fandom so great is because everybody likes certain things. Um, so I'm, I'm just pumped that people are excited about Star Wars again. <laughs> I'll take yeah. any, any period of time in the fandom where everybody's collectively excited. I will bask in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, I think where you're seeing that is like that, that small group of people. And I don't, I don't want to say like, I'm included in that, but like when I, when you say what I'm, what I'm going to say, you'll understand what I'm talking about mm. is how many people have seen like rebels come out and they go i mean it's cool but it's not designed for me you know sure, it's it's sure. clearly aimed at, at this or they see you know the young jedi academy it's like well this is for like kindergartners or re- and resistance resistance was even more slapsticky that that's true and like and even people who were into clone wars and rebels they saw resistance and they're like this is this isn't even on that level it seems like yeah. it's trying to play to younger it's like I feel like they're I feel like Cassian has or sorry Andor has been the first show that's felt like it's it's mature the most mature mm-hmm. yeah and it's like so I think there's an audience of people saying finally one for me where the kids go ah that's that one's not intended for me this piece of Star Wars property is not for me or it's, it's more like the this. parents are going ah eh, this is not intended for you I mean I get that but like usually it's yeah. the one person saying that's not for me and finally you have the person that it is for saying well, that one's not for me so you know it's, it's interesting you say that because I I went the extra mile and I asked people who have kids of age like my son's too young to watch Star Wars still in my opinion at four like pro like he'll he could watch it but he processing and understanding mm-hmm. it not yet he's he's getting there um but you know people who have like seven year olds and you know through 12 year olds or whatever and i was you know i reach out to my sister and you know other people i know who have kids in that age range and i'm like who i know love star wars and i'm like so what what you know what what they think and a lot of it i got was they were kind of bored um from it they didn't really understand it mm-hmm. um and that Makes sense. That should be a surprise to nobody. Picture a seven-year-old kid trying to sit down and watch Andor. Those three episodes. They're the, they're, they're the going la- in the other room. The moral layers here are just. <laughs> I know. It's like <laughs> I so, had the baby in the room when I was watching uh, the first episode of Andor, and she was just totally like you know playing, looking around, and then as soon as <laughs> B two emo came on screen, she was locked in. Oh. <laughs> the whole time and then as soon as he left the screen she's back to oh, like what <laughs> ran. But yeah. it's interesting you say that though and I, I'm not to contradict that too but even B2 Emo doesn't feel like a character that's like well BB it's like one for the kids you know or something oh, like yeah, that no. he even even that character seems like boring <laughs> you know and sort of like uh, like I don't have I don't have the uh, the cool model droid or whatever. I've got the s- square box droid. It's <laughs> yeah. just, you know. Yeah, he doesn't uh, have any like cool rolling, movements or. Yeah, no curves. Rockets, He's not rolling on a ball. Yeah. There's not some sort of like magnetic cool feature. It literally just looks like 
you couldn't a have trash a more can. basic <laughs> droid almost. Yeah. Well, he's like a, like an accordion almost because yeah. he like stacks into that's, himself. That's the coolest part is there is sort of like three layers that kind of He's got like an himself, exoskeleton you know, but... inside of yeah. or outside of. But, but still, even when, yeah. he, like when he talks and stuff, like I didn't really think about this on uh, TRB Live, but he's kind of like Cassian's like Alfred. Yeah, he stutters mm-hmm. and he's just like checking he's in. He's got the British voice. He's there to like help him with things that he he forgot about or remind a, him a about. Jarvis things. character gives sort him of. bandages. Jarvis or, yeah. or 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 yeah, or like uh, Batman's Alfred, you know. Um. So, but yeah, I mean, it's good to see you know uh, anytime uh, a new Star Wars uh, product comes out or show or whatever that seems to be generally positively viewed. It's it's. It's a it's a good thing because uh, I don't know if the you know folks know, but Kathleen Kennedy uh, involved with the project. So. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, someone who is involved in the project is Tony Gilroy, and he is confirming oh, yeah. that Andor season two. This was with an interview with the Wrap. He's confirming that Andor season two is not actually going to be a 2023 release. So if you're thinking you get a season of a show 2022, the next season would be 2023. He's actually saying we're not we're not even going to begin to start shooting until the fall um, of that year. So that lines up with more of a, this time 2024 that sort of lines up, I think with what we, what we saw from the first season of uh book of Boba Fett or no, sorry, uh, Mandalorian, right? It was two years in between, wasn't it? So Mandalorian did no 2019 and 2020. Okay. Oh, th- then yeah. I'm thinking two years in between. Two and three. Yeah, so well, they start shooting in November of this yeah. year for Andor season two, and then they're shooting until August, yeah. and then it's a year of post production. Yeah, so yeah. it's sort of like that's what I was thinking of. Mandalorian sort of took the break, and Book of Boba Fett was like that third season, but Mandalorian so, itself is taking like sort of a two year break. Yeah, so next year we're looking at Bad Batch, Mando, Ahsoka, um, Skeleton crew? Oh, skeleton skeleton crew. And then 2024, we're looking at Acolyte and Andor season two. Acolyte um, started before Skeleton Crew, though, didn't it? It's just starting shooting. They're, now. they're building their sets yeah. now. Yeah. Okay. They start shooting next month, I think. And Skeleton um, Crew has already been shooting. Yeah. Because yeah, okay. they showed yeah. pictures they that started day 23. In yep. July, yep. I think. Yeah. Yeah. So, which is funny because that um, show got announced so much later than everything else, and it's just fast tracked to the front of the line over yes. Lando, over everything else. Yeah, do, do I mean, we where, heard about Grammar Rodeo, but then all of a sudden it was like, here's the show, and we're filming this month, you know? But is that one shooting in the volume in SoCal, or is that Skeleton Crew is in the UK? Oh, that's UK also? Yeah, is I it was in the volume, say, though? Definitely, mm-hmm. there sets. has been leaks of like sets. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, all right. But all well, these shows have he, some sets, but Lacey's probably right. It's probably not volume. I think they're learning that if they shoot in the UK, they can get away with less production photos leaking than here. Yeah. So, yeah, to give my thoughts on this one, um, I know there was that Fugazi report that came out saying Tony Gilroy signed some deal. Oh, yeah. The, that he was like, the minute I saw it, I was like, there's no way that's true. And we didn't, you know, report on it or anything like that. And then I guess the site who reported it had to report a retraction. Mm-hmm. So I'll tell you this. 
if you're going to report about something about Tony Gilroy, you better be correct because he's definitely the type of guy like James Gunn <laughs> to probably be like, nope. He did. In this interview with The Wrap, he did say, like, this is me sticking around for two years. But this was before that report oh, came Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, um, he, so yeah. So, with him saying this here, um, I... I don't want to speculate on whether or not he's done with Star Wars after Andor. I would think that he is. Um, but maybe he has he such a good has time he isn't. Yeah, I, I don't know with this guy. Because I know he doesn't love Star Wars. But I know he liked wanting to tell this story. So I'm not really sure. But I like that, again, he's very candid. He doesn't like do the whole uh, behind the secret walls in the vaults of Lucasfilm thing. He says, like, yep, here's the deal. Uh, we're start shooting here. It's gonna probably not gonna be out next year, so don't even look for it. We're shooting through August. I have two more years to go. By the end of this thing, I'm doing like over 20 hours of Star Wars, so I am a player in the game. I don't need to be here any longer than that. Um, and I think that's cool. And that doesn't mean he's saying he's done, uh, or that he's continuing. It's just he's very matter of fact about it. I like that they're taking their time with this series, especially they have to do you know, another set of 12 episodes, but not just doing another set of 12 episodes. They have to do 12 episodes and probably do a lot of stylistic changes in the quarter chunks because each of those quarter chunks is representing a year in the timeline. So you're looking at like maybe four times the amount of costumes, different looks to characters. Oh, I forgot about that. So episode four to episode five is how much of a four years? So season one is one yeah, year. Yeah, season one is all one year. That doesn't start till the second season, where season oh. three block chunks are, are years, are the remaining yeah, so four se- years. Got it, got it. Season two, it's going to be one, two, one through three, four through six, seven through nine, 10 through 12 are each going to be a year. Right. But, so, that, okay. but don't forget, too, that, they, that he also said the reason they did that is because they were doing three episode block structure on the first season, even though it took takes place over a year, they still, there was still a sort of a three block well, structure. Also the, the original pitch was five seasons. Right. And, he, and Tony Gilroy's like, absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> but, but it, it, it but, but Lace, to Lacey's point, you were kind of mixing it up, but it does go to show that maybe, uh, we could be seeing these first three episodes as sort of their own block, and then the next one, like Cassian, will probably be in it, but it could be the the next three focus on Mon Mothma, and the next three right. after that focus on Saw right. Gerrera or something like that. I don't know that that's necessarily the case, but I remember him I saying so. they got the three block structure for idea for the second season because they were doing three block structure. I in mean, the first season John two hmm. James's kind of defense look at book of boba fett they had a whole episode where book of boba like boba fett wasn't in it it was just mando no and yeah i i get that um i mean we know andor's in every episode but these ones seem to be focused on his home planet and and these people there Mm -hmm. now they seem to somewhat be to some degree out of the picture the next one could focus on these group of peoples on this planet you know what i'm saying yeah yeah I don't know if this story that uh, Gilroy and team are telling with Andor has the same um, bop around ability that they 
laid out for us by the design of the Mandalorian and Book of Boba Fett, which really is a cousin to, uh, you know, season 2.5 of the Mandalorian, as they yep. called it, which is more serialized and like, we can take this one episode and be I its own cereal. adventure, sort of like the Clone Wars, you know? What'd you say? I said I love cereal. Fruit Loops, of course. Fruity Pebbles, Cocoa yeah, Pebbles. Is your favorite uh, cereal called Low Hanging Fruit? <laughs> like that joke, but... Um, but yeah, I, I, I like it. There's not much else to say about it. I dig it. I dig Tony Gilroy. I'm the president of his fan club, as everyone knows. And um, let's, uh, I can wait two years because I'm sure after this, these 12 episodes, I'm going to be like exhausted, but in a good way and probably mm-hmm. need a little breather. So Lacey, you were kind of alluding to how he's, he was saying in these statements, like uh, by the time I'm done, I'll have my hands on 26 hours of Star Wars content. I'll be a player by the time we finish. Uh, this is me sticking around right now, and I think that's the headline. So um, what are your thoughts on Tony Gilroy and his comments here? Um, I guess sort of pre that leak or whatever, but, you know, his, where he's going. I, I find it funny that Tony was like, that's your headline. Go with that. I'm giving it to you. Here you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then it's just like so on right par around. with who he is and who we've come to know through these interactions and like celebration and everything is like he's very straightforward he's not doing anything mincing words not telling you something like he's just telling you how it is he doesn't see like the kind of secrecy like oh i don't know maybe nda what huh who said that um or liam neeson style being like what what is star wars oh what a horrible liar (laughs) it was it was pretty bad um, no, I, I appreciate him being honest. I, I agree. I think, you know, after doing this for now, what, four years, it's going to be a total of like six years he's been working on this project at the end with 26 hours with Star Wars. Um, mm. that's pretty nuts. You know, that, that is a long chunk of time. Is that math right? Yeah. Because they announced remember. it in 20, 2018. No, the hours. I don't know he said 26 in his interview, so I'm just going by what he said. Yeah, he said 26 on he'll have his hands on 26 hours of Star Wars content. Um, I I think that's I didn't mean also, to step in on your your time, Lacey. I just like when I heard 26 hours, I'm thinking so, is he saying two hours for Rogue One and then an hour for each of these episodes, which so, is not the case. Yeah, I, I, that's what I would suspect that he was saying. Well, we've got 12 hour long episodes, and then that two seasons that's 24 hours plus Rogue One, that's 26 hours. And also, too, um, I think that that six years is bit ba- you're saying that's based on when Rogue One came out. So right? Cassian or the beginning of Andor this, himself, Diego Luna, put out a tweet talking about how in 2018 he had heard that they wanted to do Cassian Andor again. And now mm, this is mm-hmm. today is the as in the premiere of the episode when this tweet was posted uh, is the show of that work, that effort and that time of getting back to that yeah. character. So that's four years, and now you have two more years. I can do simple math. I'm terrible at math, but I can do simple. So four, two, <laughs> and, and then with Rogue One, that's like nine years with Cassian for him. Again, a big chunk of time, and I think that's where we keep coming back to with these Star Wars projects and where Kathleen Kennedy and Lucasfilm's having trouble is like you have to find those people that are willing to dec- like dedicate a decade of their life to your franchise and your property and your characters because that's what they're getting into. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. 
but yeah, no, I mean, I appreciate Tony's comments. I, I can't wait to see what else through this whole season and I'm sure into the next season, what kind of interviews we'll get with him. Tony, you want to come on the show? We'd love to have you. Um, yeah. That's it. Um, I was going to say too, John, and, and maybe I missed this. So if you did already talk about this, maybe we can, we can move past it. But to clarify really quick, he says we'll shoot from November being November, 2023 to August, 2024. Does that sound like if they're done shooting, like they wrap, it's a wrap and it's August 31st. Is that coming out in 2024? That no, seems like it could shooting all... in two months. I said they were going to, oh, they're starting this oh, November. Oh. Yeah. This November. And then they're right, done. And then, an August a- and then a year of okay. post-production is what I had said. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So, so you're going to get a little I there like, how does that wrap in August? At celebration in April for season two. Right. You're going to get that and or sizzle. <laughs> I could see that because we'll have just, yeah, we just got finished the whole season. Wasn't that it's great? Gonna be like a behind We're going to give you a sneak thing. peek into, I don't know. That seems really far in advance still, to be honest with you. Every time we gonna think we're going to get something. in that sizzle reel. Every time we think we're getting something at celebration, they're only focused on like the next four months. <laughs> I know. I have two pies to show for it, one of which was sitting in a fridge in California and never even got oh, shoved great. in my face. Congratulations um, to that to that uh, housekeeper. Or whatever congratulations! The, the sat in the PC fridge for like a week. There's no one. There's no way anybody ate that. Yeah, they threw it out. Yeah, you don't. Um, you don't walk also, into a hotel room, find food, and go. Oh, all right, but this is good. Don't don't. Yeah. <laughs> don't forget. Um, I may or may not have been kidding, but don't forget that they're filming in the UK. Celebration's going to be in England. They're definitely going to have stuff to show this year or this. They're going to hop over. Yeah. They're they're coming to celebration. Andor's coming. Like Gilroy will be there. Diego Luna will be there. That's that's a one hundred percent. That is a good point. Yeah, yeah. Um, and skeleton crew. And skeleton we crew. Just, yep. Yeah. Discussed. All right, guys. Let's talk about Hasbro. Um, Hasbro. we're actually going to talk a, a lot about toys on this episode, uh, as I'm sort of foreshadowing. Uh, but Hasbro is revealing a new Ahsoka, Mandalorian, and Grogu, uh, Grogu Black Series figure three pack. Uh, this is pretty cool. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, uh, is this the first time we've seen this version of Ahsoka in a Black Series figure? Yeah, it's like- the Rosario Dawson version of yeah. Ahsoka from the show. And it comes in a three pack box. Uh, it's super mm-hmm. cool. It has really nice art of her with Grogu with her, her, uh, Face touching his forehead, which is like one of the cute pictures from that episode. Um, but yeah, she's donning her attire from Mandalorian, and it comes with him, her, and Grogu. Uh, I immediately purchased one because <laughs> I loved this episode of The Mandalorian, and I also per- purchased an extra for TRB because we're gonna give one away eventually. Boom! Enjoy that. It doesn't come out until January, so it'll be for Mando Fan Show when February rolls around. Yeah, so it'll be a surprise. <laughs> Everyone will be like, "That's right, I remember they said they bought one." Do you know? Do you know how much it costs? Uh, is this a joke? Because I don't really like yeah, saying. Pricing. Definitely a joke. Sixty-six dollars. It does. Is cost, it really? It like does as cost, an order, sixty-six. It does cost sixty-six dollars. Yes. Hmm. Palpatine. Sixty six ninety nine, so, no less, which is another sixty six upside down. Right. Yeah. 
you got, you got order 66 off. backwards forwards upside down but um, I, somehow I mean, palpatine always returns i saw a <laughs> yeah. lot of people commenting online of like sighing like i just did about how it's another mandalorian toy and i couldn't you know say that enough i i'm still waiting for a ben solo but they have made i think at this point it's like 50, 10 to 15 versions of the mandalorian like different coloring different helmet yeah different armor one with the dark saber one with grogu one it's like they're just using that mold over and over and over again um so i know a lot of toy collectors uh were kind of just like another one but the fact it, that this it, came it, with ahsoka i was like i can't say no that's that's the solid point for me but the other thing too is like you know, as much as I want to argue that point of like, can't you make anything other than Mandalorian is every time they announce a Mandalorian figure from any company, I look at it and go, man, that's cool. I want And that. it sells out. <laughs> it always sells out. So yeah. if you're responsible, which Hasbro was, uh, if your Star Wars line is responsible for saving that company during 2020, during the pandemic, and like they made that company have profits during that year. They're going to keep pushing that stuff out, which is Mandalorian. I mean, look at their Haslabs. They did jo- Jabba Sail Barge, which was a success. Then they did the Razor Crest, which killed it. And then they moved away from that and did something different. And it didn't do as well. Because the Mandalorian is where a lot of people are, are spending their money now. And in that specific Black Series product line. However, they do have uh, HasCon coming up, I believe, on October 1st. Uh, mm-hmm. Which they're supposed to announce new products, what's coming stuff like that. So we should get more stuff, but I'm assuming we'll probably get more Mandalorian. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the the point here being that they're advertising this as a three-pack. Mhm. It's a two-pack with an accessory. <laughs> Come on here. Like that little baby Grogu just sitting there like it is funny to even look at the box art because it's like oh Mando Ahsoka though that looks really cool and then you see like one little dot <laughs> in the middle of this black mass it's, well you, uh, ever buy, you ever buy the uh 3.75 scale like Yoda figure no like they, but they charge similar they, they would charge just as much as any of the other figures and it's just the this vintage collection dude. yeah is 3.75 yeah and I get it well, I, uh, power I of the force it, from the 90s Oh, I'm talking about currently. Yeah. I think uh I think what would have been really cool is to put this as a two pack, Grogu and Mando, and then like Ahsoka and R2 or something. I'm sure Ahsoka's is... gonna have her own box eventually. They're just doing this to get it out first. No, no, no I know. That's I'm just it. looking at the three pack thing and the way that they're visually stylizing like one character, one character, then like the little one in the middle of the third. <laughs> yeah. Not to go on a tangent, but I because I like my first figures that I bought were the power of the force stuff from the 90s is like what's the what's the current like 3.75 is it the vintage vintage collection collection. so even if it's like do they make new character figures but it's still called vintage collection yes because and that's a super popular line actually Um, because 3.75 yeah because the idea of it is vintage not that the characters who came out it's also cheaper they also come I don't know if they're cheaper. They just come they in. Cheaper. They come in the soft card box compared yeah. to the the hard kind of good black series yeah. box. Which now Hasbro has the big drama is Hasbro has switched to like a windowless box, yeah. and people have been tearing them apart in stores and stealing stuff out of the boxes and then leaving the boxes because there's no window. 
Oh. Yeah, it's been this whole drama. So I'm interested to see if they, they talk about it all coming up on uh, Hascon. Wow. Um, all right. Yeah, it's interesting, John, because there was a while there where I, like when Star Wars first got back in The Force Awakens and all that stuff, and I was like, oh, man, Black Series are cool. I kind of want to like collect these and stuff. And obviously, like the money was just like, I can't do this, right? Um, and then I started looking at like the smaller figures, and I was like, those seem a lot more reasonable. Dude. Like, those are only like eight or ten dollars or something. And yeah, they're not as detailed or or whatever. But to me, like if you were to just say like you look at an action figure and you're like, I have a Captain Phasma action figure. I don't care if it's this big or this big. It's gonna be. I have the Captain Phasma Dude, action figure. I'm telling you, know? you, when you would go to like KB stores, I don't know if those are like national, but KB Toys KB or Toys, Toys R Us. Yeah. Vintage it, collection the, is $15, $14.99. That's a lot. I'm sorry. That is Hasbro a lot. Vintage yeah. Collection Clone Trooper, $17.99. Dude, the power, I know, and I know it was like a long time ago, but the power of the force figures, like you could, if you found it like them on a deal, Retail, you can get them for like three ninety nine or four ninety nine a pop. You go to the store with forty bucks, you're walking out with seven to eight figures. Yeah, the Navarro uh, vintage collection, like world building cantina set, is fifty two dollars. Wait, is that I think the they... is that the three point seven five? Yep. Are we talking about the same thing? Vintage okay. collection is three point seven five. Yeah. They're they're clearly steering towards collectors and not kids to just play oh, with toys. Absolutely. They need to go back to making the. 3.75s for kids to be able to buy and play with Star Wars figures. Like, enough of this. Like, I, I don't care if this 60 year old dude has a pristine box on his wall that costs $75. Yeah, they're Let about. Let a kid play with a toy. They're about like 15 bucks. If you want like an Afra, yeah. Dr. Afra, that's $36. Oh, get the hell out of here. Star oh, Wars Mission God. Fleet Boba ship, which is like the little, little ones with the little Boba that goes in it, $45. Well,. <laughs> But you're looking at like what people will pay for like the rare ones or whatever. No, I'm just looking like, at general prices. Vintage collection Boba Fett sh- Starship on Hasbro Pro- Plus. That's their website is $200. I have nothing more to say about that. <laughs> Vintage collection I, Riva on Newegg, which is not really a reseller site, it's just Newegg, is $17. I mean that's a new that's a reseller site. Walmart, fourteen dollars. But Walmart is weird too because they also you can be a seller on Walmart. James, I've sat in so many Hasbro <laughs> things. I'm telling you, they're like I, fifteen bucks for for a vintage collection at this point. I'm not no, saying that you I'm, were. I'm not, not arguing the fifteen dollar one. I'm arguing when you say like this one's seventeen, this one's forty, this one's two hundred. I was saying like, to well, the those point. Those are obviously weird. I understand that, but I was saying that to the point of Anomaly. John saying it's expensive to be a collector. It absolutely is, 100%. Oh, I thought you were saying this to the point of, like, this is what they're charging and kids can't get a hold of them. I mean, kids can't get a hold of them, but they are $15 usually to start. I, $15 is, it, I, it was a little bit higher than I thought, but I believed that. But you were, but it's, I, I was reacting to right, some of those other higher numbers. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's not really much else to go Uh from there, um, because that is really the last story that we have for Resistance Report this week. Um, I can hand it back to you, Lacey, if you want to take us into the Patreon pod race. Sure. So, guys, it is time for the Patreon pod race. (laughs) 
So there are lots of ways you can support us. You can like this video, comment, subscribe on YouTube, follow us on Spotify or on Apple Podcasts. Please leave a review. Uh, we love hearing from you. It helps yeah. us be seen. Give us a rating. It's really, really nice of you. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at R-B-A-T-S-W-N-N or on Instagram at The Resistance Broadcast. We're also on Facebook. Um, and we're trying to get those audiences up and share more stuff on those platforms as well. Um, but if you want to be a part of the resistance and support what we're doing here and what our dreams and goals and accomplishments are to be, uh, you can head over to patreon.com slash resistance broadcast. We just did a huge update on the page with a bunch of new content ideas and, and cool perks starting at $5 a month. That's it. Uh, you get access to the page and you get to be a part of the show. So with that tier, you get to give your ideas for the show. You get to engage with us, uh, take part in polls and much, much more. And as you go up in the ranks, you get more cool things like Discord access, game nights, live streams, uh, watch alongs with us, exclusive merch and much more. This is the part of the show that our generals and spice runners get to take part. We ask them a question. They give us an answer. This is also one of the perks if you go up in uh, certain tiers. So before I get into who we have doing the pod race this week and the question, I'm going to thank those people. So thank you to our generals, Carmelo, John Reese, Jetta Rosewater, Frank, Gon- Frank Grande, Darth Hurricane, Nick Kratz, Christian Morales, Brian Smith, Matt Chitty, Danny, Mike Ramori, Matt Heath, Chris White, Brendan McLaughlin, Count Pepto, Samuel Zilke, Sneaky Zebra and Val Trichkoff. Thank you guys so much for supporting us. Thank you. And to our Spice Runners, David Probus, Neil Shaw, Kendall Gellner, Ryan Wara, Dave Hornack, Thomas Hennessy, Andrew Staley, Jeremy Myers, and Michael Fry. Thank you guys so much for keeping it spicy. Thank you. And this week, we have Mike Ramori. Mike! What up, Mike? There's Mike. We, uh, his question this week was, if you had to choose one approach out of these two, would you prefer future Star Wars movies were one-offs that tell a complete unconnected story in one film or trilogy slash series of films that could continue a story thread? Mike, take it away. What is up, TRB family? And thanks for the great question, especially coming off of Monday's episode. I think that Lucasfilm is having an issue with series of movies because they're trying to lock creators down for 10, 15 years. And I don't think the creators want to do that. They want to come in, tell a story and get out. And if one of those stories in that series goes bad, it can affect the other movies. So instead, let's do five or six $300 million one shots and explore different genres and different areas of the universe And you never know which one of those stories may hit big with fandom and then you can deep dive and explore in that area more because you know what's gonna hit. Um, So I pick one shots over series, uh, but I also wanna pose a question back to you is Lucasfilm only has so many employees. So how many movies do you think they can actively work on at one time and still produce quality content? Uh, that's it for me, John James Lacey, the rest of the TRB community. May the force be with you. Awesome job, Mike. It's great to have you on the show. Uh, I remember when I mm-hmm. reached out to you to take part, you were like, it's my turn already. I was like, yeah, it is. <laughs> All right, John, what do you think? I feel like next time Mike's up on the pod race, we should have him give his answer while drumming. <laughs> that's what I, think. <laughs> um, I like the color of your drum set. It looks very TRB, if I might say so myself. Mm-hmm. Very orange um dude uh 
Yeah, I mean, you you made a great answer, um, and I know you pitched a question back to us, but first I'll just say, like, I like what you're saying in terms of reading the climate of, like, Lucasfilm and the state of their movies. They are having a hard time bringing people in long-term. Um, so you saying, like, one-offs, and then if those wind up being successful, then maybe branch out from there. Don't put the cart before the horse. Let's see how things perform. I I think that's a good idea, man. I am, you know, partial to trilogies. I like that stuff. I like the, the, you know, beginning, middle, and end. But maybe times are changing. Maybe the saga stuff is is done for a while. So I think you, you made a great answer. And then in terms of the question you pitched to us, my take on it, you said um, Lucasfilm has only so many employees. How many movies could they work on at one time and still produce quality films? I, I think they could still do... You know, I mean, Marvel's every... doing how many a year? Yeah, I, I think they could still do it, especially they do contract a lot of people. They're like, not everyone works for Lucasfilm who works on these movies, you know, whether it's, you know, art people or uh, even special effects. They bring in, uh, you know, third party companies to help ILM. So, um, which they did recently with um, Corridor Crew and, and, and others for stuff on Mandalorian. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I, I, I don't Wait, think they it's just Corridor the... Crew. Or whatever, whoever that guy was who did the defix or whatever his name was. Oh yeah, he doesn't. He's not with Corridor Crew. No. But they did bring in but, but another right, visual yeah. effects team for other stuff uh, mm-hmm. on the Mandalorian. So mm-hmm. I don't think it's just oh well, Lucasfilm's only this big, so they do a lot of um, contractor work and a lot of outsourcing for certain stuff. So I think they would have no problem with that. But great answer, man. It's always good to hear from you. Good to see you, and I'll see you in the chats, man. James. Yeah. Um, uh, spot on with the answer to my, your question back to us. That that's probably very accurate. Um, and I think that speaking of very accurate, Mike, you are dead on on this. I think this is exactly, uh, where, where we're at. I think right now we're kind of in a tough spot because we're looking at like what we want Lucasfilm to do. And it's like, they're doing that, but, but it always has problems. Like, it's always like, we're going to tell the story that you've been picturing in your head for for 40 years and it's not going to live up to your expectations. Or we're going to tell one story and then tell you the other half of it later, two years later, after you've built up all your expectations and it's not going to live up to what you're going for or to what you thought it was going to be. I think what really is going to work is um sort of taking that rogue one approach or um in, in some cases kind of the solo approach too even though solo also has his own thing with it but i feel like what is really good is tell a story people will watch it and then you know you get them involved and then what you want to leave audiences doing is go give me more of that and i think that's partially one of the reasons why they're maybe not approaching solo is because they still want solo too that is because they still want a rabid fan base going, we want more of your property, Lucasfilm. They want us cheering for that stuff. They, they like that rather than like the, the bad side of it. So it's better for them to put out a good piece of single property and not come back to it or just kind of let it exist on its own uh, than it is to try to stretch out a story or tell the st- uh, another part to a story that we've been making up for years using these legacy characters and stuff. They should still be doing that. Don't get me wrong. But I'm saying like, if it's one or the other, I- I'm also going to lean on the, it should be just tell one-off stories that are complete and they live in Star Wars world and we can 
we can have those fans and these fans and these fans and just kind of live in our own pockets rather than saying, we're going to try to unite everybody under one banner by doing this mm. one huge trilogy or whatever. Um, and then just have people argue over it all the time. So I don't know. Uh, I think that's a very solid answer, Mike. You're always great. Um, uh, we need to talk drums, by the way, <laughs> sometimes. So uh, thanks for doing the pod race. Mike, great answer. I absolutely agree with you that I think it should be one-offs. Um, I think, unfortunately, Star Wars as a franchise has been chasing the idea of setting a story up into three parts from the beginning. And what people seem to forget oftentimes is the three-part story of Star Wars was not easygoing. It was kind of messy. And it succeeded against kind of the odds of it not succeeding. <laughs> um, so I'm on the the kind of thought of doing these individual stories and seeing where it goes and giving people the chance to tell a complete story in one sitting. Like not leaving it to, hey, I'll tell that later. Like finish the story. And then, hey, if there's more to be told, we can then branch out. Um, and mm -hmm. I think that's why people tend to go back to like a Rogue One or a Solo because... Even though we do love Solo and obviously make Solo 2 happen, we want more Solo. You could look at Solo as a story, as it is what it is. It ends in a good place and mm -hmm. you move on. Same with Rogue One. Now they're telling more of Rogue One and we're all about it. But did we need that story? No, but we wanted yeah. it. And I think that they're falling too, more, too much into the we need multiple stories. We need three all at once to tell this full story when it's like, okay, well, why don't you just start with one? and then grow from there. So basically, I agree with you. Thank you so much. <laughs> You're the best. Go ahead, John. Back yeah. to you. That's how you lay it off? Back to you, John. <laughs> I said go, go ahead. Go ahead, John. Go ahead. Uh, we're not done. So uh, for those of you who love us so much, I have good news for you. Mm. We are doing another segment. Now, James, should I do this, or do you want to do, do double duty? <laughs> no, John, ahead, John, I can hand it off to you, yeah. All right, so we're doing one with the force. The force is with me, and I'm one with the force. There's Baze Malbus spoiling the movie for everybody before it comes <laughs> oh out. Oh my gosh, Lucasfilm lost their minds when that Did happened. Did you? I watched that clip again recently. The, I looked at every, I watched it like eight times to watch each person's reaction, and Alan Tudyk going like. <laughs> <laughs> I forget what happens. Does he just say that they all die, or does he say He's, his character he dies? dies? That he does. That he dies. Yeah. And like uh, Matt Martin, everybody was more like. And if you look at <laughs> Kathleen Kennedy, I, I, I'm not trying to. You know, I I like Kathleen Kennedy, respect her a lot. It looked like she wasn't even listening because she barely reacts at all. But Alan Tudyk is sitting right next to him, and he's yeah. just like. <laughs> 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 and then the moderator's like. Well, I think we've said enough. Let's move on. <laughs> oh, it was wow. Gwendolyn was Christie, I think. Oh, was it? Mm -hmm. Oh man, I miss her so much. Yeah, she's fabulous. They got to bring her back in one of those future uh, thrones. She's in the new um, Wednesday Adams show. Oh, cool! All sure. right, I gotta check that out. Yeah, I like the girl in that too. She was uh, good in the new Scream movie. Mm -hmm. Um, all right, here we go. One with the Force. We're gonna kick it off with our first question. So, it is. Oh, and if you're new to, to the show, for whatever reason, this segment, basically, 
you have to choose just one and we you know try to make it a difficult choice i struggle with which this makes it fun. one yes so here we go the first one who is the one new character from andor that intrigues you the most Lacey, you're going first ladies first um i'm gonna pick bix i think she is super interesting she has her dynamic and chemistry with cassian uh, adds this new kind of layer to the story We've seen her go through so many different situations and emotions in those first three episodes that I can't wait to see where her relationship with the Stellan Skarsgård character, which I keep blanking on his name. What's his name? Luthen. 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 Thank you. Uh, his normal name is so cool and so Star Wars-y that I just want to be like, yeah, Stellan Skarsgård. Um, mm-hmm. He, his whole relation to her and like being the guy that she calls was such a surprise to me and such an interesting kind of twist uh that i really can't wait to see where her character goes all right i like that pick james how about you cyril karn me too really so i and maybe for the same reasons to tell me if we're on the same page here i feel like I'm interested in all the characters because I'm interested to see where they go as the character that they've brought forth in the first three episodes, like a Cassian. I, or, or let's say Bix, for instance, you know, like Bix character, I get her. I want, I want to see where that character goes. I'm very excited about that, but I think I know what she's all about. Cyril Karn. I do not know what he's all about. Exactly. He, he feels so much like a mystery to me where I'm like, I don't know if this guy's going to like, become a rebel or if this guy's going to like lose his mind and be the most like like focused he can't live his life unless he gets andor you know like and he's just gonna chase him and chase him and chase him and he's always gonna lose and he'll end in travesty i i don't know i just he has such a wide open gamut for a wide open range of where his character could develop to that he's the mystery to me yeah. The other and- character I really forgot to mention was the Clea character from the trailer who's like with the red hood. Right, right. Oh, right. I can't wait, wait to see about her. That. She works I- with Luthen, so I'm interested to see what mm-hmm. her role is. I'm yeah, and do we have a character would do we have an well, even if we had a name it wouldn't answer the question, but we didn't talk about this on the show uh but <laughs> we <laughs> on TRB live, but there's this whole setup of like he's looking for his sister. You're right. Yeah. And that's going to be like an overarching thing for season one and possibly season two. But like, how is well, his sister that, involved? Maybe that's the sister. Yeah. That's what I was, that's what I was getting at is she might actually be someone like maybe she was picked up by a different group of people and she has been, she grew up in the political landscape, you know, sort of like reflecting. Since she was five years old. Yeah, sort of reflecting the Leia uh, who was raised in royalty and Cassian who was raised in the poverty sort of situation. It's it's possible. Maybe we'll find out on uh, Wednesday. But um, yeah, I mean, it's it's it. You can't have a wrong pick here. I think Bix is a great pick because we really don't know where her character is going. You know, she she could pull Akira and and break Cassian's heart. We don't. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I think that's a great pick. But I, I got to go with Cyril also for the reasons I gave on TRB Live. Like, and maybe I was wrong in how I read this guy, but he, he just seems like he's in this spot because he was sort of born into it. Sort of like how like 
princes become kings, but maybe they're not good leaders. It's just like, uh, and he's trying to prove himself and he seems uh, to not have the confidence. And uh, he, he's the one where I, the biggest question mark, I'm like, I don't know where that guy's end game is. So where everyone else, I feel like I might have an idea that guy. I'm like, I don't know. And I, I, I like what I see so far. Um, all right. Our next one, which out of the Mandalorian book of Boba Fett and Obi-Wan would have benefited most if it was produced the same way as Andor with more elaborate sets and on location filming james you're kicking this one off um i'm gonna go with obi-wan kenobi um i think that book of boba fett uh probably could have as well but there was something about that to me that just felt like it was part of mandalorian and even when the the production sort of limped along in some places i was like ah this is all fine though i sort of expected a little bit more out of Obi-Wan and I think there was a uh, sort of a I don't want to say like a backlash but sort of a, an awareness of like where did all the budget go on Obi-Wan you know like I I can I can see that it's not all totally there and you would have thought this is the one where they would have really went and hot spent all the money and then it's it's oddly enough like it seems like a lot of that was in Andor I don't know what actual cost is but it seems like all the production is on Andor so I'm going to go with Obi-Wan was the one that I felt like should have probably felt a little more elevated than it was. Okay. Right on. How about you, Lacey? So I agree with James completely. I feel like Obi-Wan Kenobi's sets felt really small and like really enclosed and everything was very brown. Like it wasn't very... <laughs> it, it, right? His rose that's, brown. Uh, Desert's brown. Like, that's exactly <laughs> like, a, it's a perfect observation of like, everything. Just a big UPS Why truck. is everything brown? And I'm like, that's brown. It just, I don't know. It, it just felt like, like even the, the like on location shots of them, like in that construction yard with the gravel, like it just felt very much like, where, where are they? Like, they're clearly in a parking lot somewhere like that's not mm -hmm. the set we got in Andor, which they're like interacting with these spaces and they have doors and like everything is like just watching bigger. watching the Andor trailer at, while watching obi-wan at the same time makes me feel like ray saying like i didn't know there was this much green in the whole <laughs> galaxy <laughs> right um but for the sake of being a little different i would say the mandalorian i love the mandalorian i love what they've done but come on if you're saying you're going to stick the Mandalorian in Iceland, it's going to be a beautiful, beautiful show. So yeah. I'd say Mandalorian. And it's interesting because at least in the footage we've seen so far, Mando season three does look bigger. Yes. Um, but we know they did film uh, in SoCal again. So and I'm they have they been but... doing elaborate sets. Like, again, I go yeah. back to it, but like the Jedi episode where Ahsoka's yeah. fighting in that big kind of like oh, water yeah house area it's yeah that was it's cool. intense or like the ship was an actual ship with the mandalorian i we're going three for three here and maybe this is how most fans feel i'm not sure but well, she said I'm mandalorian i said obi-wan right i said well, obi-wan well, first but she, oh, okay. she did say obi-wan first and and gave uh good reasons and then just said i'm gonna pick another one um, <laughs> <laughs> um but to to both of your points about obi-wan i agree very brown very claustrophobic. Um, I loved Obi-Wan Kenobi, and I thought it got better as it went on, especially as you know we found out John Williams uh, allowed his music to be incorporated in the final two episodes. 
um, which was interesting reveal by the composer, Natalie Holt. Mm-hmm. Because as we were watching that, we were like, "How come they're not using like the force theme and stuff?" And now did you did you Do notice you in the documentary that was on uh, Disney Plus? They show the scene of them. Oh my god, I haven't watched that yet. The final. Oh really? Oh yeah. We need to do something with that. But <laughs> my bad. Um, the scene where they're fighting, you can tell that you can hear on set they were playing Duel of Fates. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. So they set them up like that. That was the headspace they were in. And it ended up being a different song. But then all the fans came along and was like, I rescored Kenobi. You know, I wouldn't I wouldn't want them fighting to duel the fates. That's not Obi-Wan and Anakin's song. Battle of the Heroes is Anakin and Obi-Wan's song. Duel the fates is Qui-Gon Maul and Obi-Wan over the fate of Anakin. It's not Obi-Wan versus Anakin. And also Anakin. I'm glad they didn't. (laughs) And also Anakin riding a bike. <laughs> yeah, Anakin riding a bike. Um uh so yeah, for me, Obi-Wan, um, I, I do feel like there's there was something missing and that could have been grander. Uh, the all the Alderon stuff was great. Everything however they did the Alderon stuff, I thought was perfect. If the yeah. rest of the series felt and looked like that, thumbs up for me. So I would have picked Obi-Wan would have benefited the most from more elaborate sets and on location filming. Now uh, one more here, little fun one, probably a quick answer. Uh, Lacey, pick one Star Wars toy figure, etc., in that realm pre two thousand that you would love to see remade today with the latest technology and capabilities that we see collectibles and figures made with. Oh my gosh, this is a tough one. I didn't think about this beforehand. I probably should have. Do you want, do you want me to come back? Yes, here? please. All right, I'm gonna go first if that's okay. Please do, because I also have a complicated answer. <laughs> okay. Mine is the Millennium Falcon. Um, I have, well, two. I, uh, the, the Power of the Force Millennium Falcon. I gave one to my nephews years ago, not realizing, like, I may have a kid one day. Now I have a kid. I had to go buy another one. So it's up in the attic until Johnny's responsible enough to, to handle all of it. But I was thinking, like, they can make it today, maybe a little more expensive, but put like an LED in the back for the blue afterburner. Uh, do like maybe more intricate things with the cockpit. Um, they can really do a lot of things now with how they make these figures with the Millennium Falcon. I'm not saying make it a $500 thing, but if it's like 150 bucks or whatever, and you, 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 you up it a little bit from what it was back when it was like a $50 toy with Power of the Force, I think you can make a really cool Falcon that's moderately affordable for someone who wants to buy a big ship like that for the like the vintage collection 3.75 figures so if you think about what they do with some stuff today they did though um they they made the galaxy's edge version of it they did Mm -hmm. so this was this was part of my confusion on the question is i was like well what's what toy haven't they remade in using today's technology, so vintage like, collection, they made the Luke's, Kessel Run version from Galaxy's Edge. It came in the play box, everything. Oh, I didn't know that. Well, then there you go. And it's seven hundred dollars. How much is it? It wasn't originally seven hundred dollars. It was, uh, I think, one forty nine. It was the price point, I believe. Oh. <laughs> which is exactly just what said. John just said. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, never mind. All right. Well, if, the, if this if this question is not not working out we can just hop out of i here. think it's a good question i just honestly didn't give it a lot of time so i always go back to that poly pocket that i had when i was little like i'd love more oh, poly yeah. pocket type stuff with star wars like 
smaller, I guess, branching outside of the normal action figure, figure. stuff. Yeah. yeah. Like, we don't have a lot of, like, the weird stuff. Like, the weird... Or uh, Happy Meal toys. We had, like, no Happy Meal toys. Well, they did Happy Meal toys, but, like, for some reason, I always feel like the Happy Meal toys that are tied in with movies really suck now. They're always, like, they a keychain. Yeah, or something that, or it's something like you push the button and it like has like a character show up or something. It turns like on, on a little it's a hologram light, yeah. or something, a light or something. Yeah, I have a and box like, by the way. I want a toy talk- that plays. I have a <laughs> box know? that I bought off eBay years ago of like legit like fifty Taco Bell unopened toys from Star Wars, and I was like, I should just sit down one day and just open them all. I just can't even imagine like make these things really, really super crappy. Like, really bad, really bad, but then have, like, 50 Star Wars characters, toys, and I will be at McDonald's every single day trying to collect those action figures. People go for Pokemon cards, yeah. I mean, I even even with Bennett, like, when they do Disney stuff, I go to McDonald's and will say, like, what toys do you have? Like, I'm here to buy just the toys. Like, I've done that. But, like, for Star Wars, it would be for me. You know, I would be interested in, but anyone they've released so far, I've not been interested in. That is, that's that's really the key there with this question, Lacey, is I was so stuck on action figures and vehicles and play sets that I'm like, I don't know, man. There was like a trash compactor scene from, you know, I'm sure like when the movie came out, you know, but it's like all those characters and that scene and the Dinoga and all that stuff have all been redone in today's age. So I'm not really sure what to go with. So my answer was <laughs> the and I don't even know, I, I'm also, I don't know toy lines enough to know if this was pre-2000s or not, but I remember the buff era. It is pre-2000s. That's 90s. Okay, so that, okay, so the buff era of Star Wars, uh, where they had the toys where it was like big buff Luke Skywalker <laughs> and stuff, I was like, if they brought those toys back and it was like buff uh, Kylo Ren. buff Ahsoka, buff Kylo Ren, yeah, or or buff all right. like all those all weird ones that clearly for some reason don't even sort of fit in any sort of canon or seriousness, but they're just like weird macho toys or something. I don't know. I thought that <laughs> would be that would be really fun, and I would love to see every one of them. I'd be you know you get a screenshot and you scroll to the next oh, one, and you're like that answer. one's ridiculous. Oh, this yeah. next one's ridiculous. John, your answer was a good answer. They just already made it. I didn't know they made like a like. Did they soup it up? Like I'm saying with the LED lights and stuff. Uh, Probably. I'm, I can't I imagine it's did. using this the 80s technology. All right, so now I have to go to eBay and buy one for like five thousand dollars. Good luck. <laughs> good luck finding one of those. Those are hard to find. All right. Well, this backfired. You got so yours. I'm ready to end the show. Are you guys ready right. to end the show? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening and watching and being a part of TRB. Uh, make sure you subscribe to the show. Like Lacey said, whether it's an audio platform or the YouTube channel, because we are going live every Wednesday up until, like, Thanksgiving. So uh, <laughs> be sure to be sure to John's join us. John's birthday's in, like, a month, less than a month. It, yeah, it is. It is. I'm not looking forward to it. <laughs> but, uh, and like Lacey said, please do rate us, because we are... Almost at 350 ratings on Spotify. I don't know where that ranks us with other Star Wars podcasts. I believe it's one of the top ones. So keep keep going, and uh, we appreciate that support. Uh, Star Wars Newsnet, of course, for your Star Wars news from the fan perspective. 
Uh, and you could find me on Twitter at Johnny Hoey, writing and editing at StarWarsNewsNet.com. And my movie podcast, I talk about movies that are not Star Wars, uh, called Just Like the Movies. Um, we just did an episode on Mission Impossible, the first one, and our next movie is going to be Raiders of the Lost Ark. Very excited. Uh, Lacey, let's go to you. People can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Lacey Gillerin. JB. You can find me both on Twitter and Instagram at Winter Trunk. All right. That is going to do it for us. Good news for you. You get to see us sooner than normal because we're going to see you Wednesday night live 9 p.m. as we talk about Andor episode four. So enjoy the next couple of days and we'll see you right here on the Resistance Broadcast. See you around, kids.